Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey everyone, and welcome back. We are here for another AIM Live. This one I am so excited about. I've been working with the team over at AIM to track down Todd Duncan for the last couple of months. We finally worked out our schedules and we're able to get together today. Todd is the CEO and founder of the Todd Duncan Group. He's got accolades out the wazoo. All kinds of people love him. He's changed a ton of lives. CNN's got all sorts of nice things to say about him. Check it out for yourself if you don't believe me. Todd, welcome and thank you for joining us. Katie, it's a blast to be here and uh, it does prove that persistence works and uh, made it happen. <laughs> and I am delighted to hang out with you guys and your brokers for our time together. It's super, super exciting. I feel blessed to be here. Awesome. We are, so everybody that's listening, Todd's got a lot to share. We're going to keep this under half an hour, but pay attention to the entire thing because there's going to be really, really good information throughout the entirety of the next 30 minutes. So stop what you're doing, active listening for this one. Uh, Todd, one of the things that you really focus on and the thing that I think we really wanted to anchor our conversation on today is emotional connection. We talk with our brokers a lot about being a part of their community, making sure they're creating cultures within their organizations that people are excited about. But at the end of the day, that all comes back to how people feel and how you connect with the people who you're talking to. So can you just give me a quick overview of what that means to you? What is emotional connection? Yeah, emotional connection is the decision to um, really speak to the heart before we ever start to speak to the head. You know, the mortgage industry is just so consistently off on this. We talk a lot about loan programs. We talk a lot about interest rates. We talk a lot about pricing. We need to remember that people that are buying and financing real estate are doing something that's huge. I mean, moving to a, a home for the first time or moving to a bigger home or investing in a property. I mean, these all are at some level emotional decisions. And what we know about emotional connection is the more expensive a business transaction is in anybody's life, the more important it is to tie whatever that transaction is to a bigger, deeper reason why they're doing something. So the industry does a lot of promoting and the top producers, I was a broker, I closed almost 6,000 loans in, in 12 years. I made it a commitment to not talk about rate, not talk about price, not talk about any of that until I connected with the customer whether it was the borrower for the ultimate loan you know, consultation, whether it was the real estate agent to gain confidence in the referral or any business partner, emotional connection removes the logicalness of what a typical transaction looks like. It unlocks empathy, it unlocks attraction, and it most importantly unlocks trust. So if we wanna be able to help people win in real estate, Trust is the mother load. And the only way you get to trust is by unlocking that empathy and that emotion by asking really different questions. So that's where it starts. And what we know about emotional connection, just to give you a couple of things that are super exciting. If I'm a broker today and I think, okay, Gallup says that if I unlock emotional connection, I will get a 26% lift in my gross margin. So you think about that, 26% lift in top line revenue by just unlocking emotional connection is huge. The other thing they say is when you 
unlock emotional connection, you will experience an 85% growth rate in your year on your business. Those are two reasons for us to have a conversation about emotion. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. I think it's so easy to, when you talk about the amount of volume, especially in the last 18 months that our, our industry got really lucky. It was in, we were in a great spot last year where a lot of people were really struggling. We saw the mortgage business just soar. We saw people have record years, so much volume coming in that it's easy to stop and think about everything just as another transaction and forget that there's a person sitting on the other side of that, right? Like yeah. somebody's actually making that decision and they may only make this decision once in their life, maybe right. twice, maybe three right. times, but it's not going to be something that they talk about month to month or even year over year. So how can you stop and break down? I think you have five tenets of connecting with people. So can you give us a little bit of insight into like, what are those things and how do you utilize them day to day to make those connections with your borrowers? Yeah, and, and I think what I wanna say before we just jump into the five is that when you follow this kind of um, recipe, if you will, the desired end result, and Katie, you kind of alluded to this, but I wanna be really clear, we must move from working on loan files to working with families. Mm -hmm. Families is what we actually work with. When we work with families, we don't make them a loan number. And we have to then explore these ideas of emotional connection. So there's five pieces. The first is chemistry. Any relationship that is going to work must at some level have attraction. So the job of a broker is to be able to attract the right referral partners, agents, builders, whomever, to really realize that if I like you and you like me, we will work better together than if for some reason we have different ideologies, right? Mm -hmm. When chemistry is there, it, it is that likability factor. It's attraction. And when we have attraction, then things work. With a borrower, the question is, um, what do you actually do in the first 30 or 60 seconds of a conversation with a borrower to have them realize that this is going to be a unique and different experience. Like, what do we do? We help people finance their dream. That's a really great emotional connection statement. Well, how do you do that? We do that by connecting with our clients, finding out what's important to them, and giving them an experience that will go along with the size of the dream and have them look back knowing this was the best experience they could ever go through. If chemistry is there, I like you, you like me, then we can have a conversation. If we don't have chemistry, conversations feel pushed, they feel manipulated, they feel salesy. Mm -hmm. But if I can have connection because I have chemistry, then I can have conversation. Here's the key. Brokers need to ask fewer questions that have deeper meaning that unlock emotional connection faster. So what's the most important thing about this move to you and your family? That question sets the stage for a really, really healthy conversation. So again, whether I'm working with a referral partner or a borrower, chemistry first, conversation second, collaboration third. A collaborative broker is a broker that explores the possibilities once he or she knows what's important about the acquisition, in this case, buying a home, or with a real estate agent, what's important about how we collaborate to win together. And when we collaborate, one of the things we work on 
is how do we work together? How do I as a broker, how do you as a real estate agent, how do we got chemistry, we're talking, how do we get really good at creating a customer journey that is mind blowing? Because if we do that right, then I'm gonna be able to, as a broker, help you find business in the marketplace that you would not find otherwise because of the connected relationship we have on the lending side. So collaboration is what causes any relationship to grow. And if we're not collaborating, if we're not having conversation, we're not growing. Right. So those are the first three. And then we go to conflict management. Conflict management can be, well, somebody told me about this loan product. You haven't brought that up. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's a question that maybe it's the wrong question. Maybe it's the wrong motive. Maybe I've got to come back and because of chemistry and trust, say, that's a good question. Here's why I haven't brought it up. Blah, blah, blah. Does that yep. make sense? So conflict resolution is important. And then the fifth piece is making sure we convert to next action. Here's a mind blowing statistic. <clears throat> Only 13% of mortgage professionals appropriately move a discussion to the next piece of action. In other yeah. words, about 85% don't even know how to actually get a client engaged to move forward. So those five are critical, Katie. And uh, they take, they take, you know, they take a, a lifetime of commitment to just understand, man, if we connect, we convert. Yep. If we don't connect, we don't convert. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I want to go back to one of the things that you said, it, it transitioning out of thinking about things as transactions and files and thinking about the families and the people that you're impacting. We have a couple brokers in our community that I think I think they sort of started the trend or they're the first ones that I noticed doing it, but you see them now posting updates on how many families they are able to help and setting goals around the number of people that they want to get into homes. So their volume goals, the things that are driving their business are less about, I want to hit 10 million or 20 million or a hundred million and more about, I want to help 500 families this year. I want to help 400 people figure out how to get into a new home or how to refinance their home or impact the lives of these, these people. And I think that's such a critical component in shifting the way that you think about your goals and objectives to help your business goals then drive and lead into your communication style. Because if your goals are set around helping people and connecting with people, when you talk to them, it's going to feel that way. It seems a lot more genuine. Well, and that I think that's the key right there, Katie. I think what you said is is it's genuine. Empathy cannot be forced. Empathy yep. is connection by definition. I think what's really interesting is we have, I believe, a business where, and you alluded to it a little bit, we get onto like autopilot, meaning that we wake up, we get to the office pre-COVID, we're probably back right. at the office <laughs> as we roll through, and we just go, right? And I think that what people need to understand is that we are doing something every day that we get good at, right. but a borrower is going to borrow money every five, seven, maybe 10 years. So we have to slow down our kind of our auto system of get a loan, get it through, get a review next, right? Yep. We move from one and done to realizing that this family, if we can impact them from the start to the finish and forever thereafter, we are going to have an ability to serve their family, their friends, their clients, 
Because right. the emotional experience is the number one thing that drives customer reviews. So if we want to get to five stars, if we want borrowers to know at the end that they are a raving fan, we have to set the hook at the very, very front end. Yep. We have to say and ask questions that they've never been asked. Like I was talking with one of my brokers yesterday, last year he made $5 million. And he said, the question I ask every borrower is, what has to happen between now and closing for you to feel 100% comfortable and excited about referring us to your friends and family and colleagues? You ask that question, you're going to get an emotional response. Yep. And all of a sudden then you have set the stage where you now have a family and that family, I'll give you one of my success stories. I had a family and the, the guy was a doctor. And by the time that we were done with the transaction, he had introduced me to 217 physicians, all of whom had practices, all of whom worked at a hospital. There was a total of 1,750 physicians and nurses at a hospital. That because I took care of a family, yep. I had access to all of those families. And that's why what you asked is so critical. I love that because we we have a lot of conversations around here about setting expectations with your borrowers, right? Yeah. Especially through last year being a little bit more tumultuous, the guidelines were a bit harsher, overlays existed everywhere. Yeah. You really had to set the expectation up front so that you knew the communication throughout the transaction would be a bit more successful. We took a position and I think a lot of brokers took the position of, I need to make sure the borrower understands my expectations so that I can help them be successful. But you're sort of reframing that and saying, well, let the borrower set the expectation for you. If your ultimate goal at the end is to get to a point where they have no hesitation to refer you to every person they've ever talked to or to anybody that they know that's considering buying a house or refinancing a mortgage, what do you need to do to make them feel comfortable? And it's not gonna be the same across the board. This is one of those things that should be personal. It should be specific to that, that family or that borrower or that group of people that you're working with. I don't think that's something that we really talk about a lot sales often sets the expectation, but allowing your customer to set the expectation back for you, it's a really interesting twist, I think. Well, we, we my wife and I wrote a book called Five Stars. It was gaining high trust and, and digital um, value in the, in the marketplace. And one of the things that's very interesting about what you said is this idea that everybody has a different need. I mean, we, we can categorize them the same and we're gonna miss opportunities. So, Back to that question, like what has to happen between now and closing for you to feel 100% comfortable referring us to your friends, family, and colleagues, and they tell us whatever they tell us. Now what we get to do is we get to 24 hours later, seven days in, mid-process, seven days before closing, closing, thereafter, we get to ask, you remember when you told us on day one what needed to happen? How are we doing in that area yeah. for you? And now all of a sudden, every time you are surveying to something that they told you is critically important to them, you're cementing the emotional bond. Yeah. And that's why this is so important, because at the end of the day, um, what if every family that you helped in one year finance real estate because of emotional connection gave you one referral that also closed in the next year? And you did that for four years. 
Yeah. How do you go from, you know, 50 to 100 to 200 to 400 families a year? You do it one at a time by connecting at the heart. That's it. Yeah. It's that the investment in building trust up front. We're we're often in a position and, and I'll be the first to admit I'm a I'm a technologist more than I'm a conversationalist. I'm a lot more comfortable in numbers than I am in in chit chat and getting to know not that I'm not interested. There's just a level of comfort for me in building technology and creating automation and process and I love the challenge of that. But you're you're articulating the same thing where I sit and preach, invest in your process, invest in like, what are you doing? What can you cut out of your day? How can you save time in different areas? Stop and invest and break down your process. And then it creates efficiency later. Building trust is the same concept. Invest in building and establishing trust upfront with a customer and you're creating, multiplying your opportunity on the back end with no additional time invested in, in what you're referencing, going from one to 10 to a hundred referrals based off of one, one time of setting trust with a borrower. Well, and what ends up happening based on what you just said is we watch conversion then go up. So yep. if I have a borrower that is thrilled with what we did and they refer me to somebody else that is going to buy or finance real estate. Um, I have a higher conversion rate. Yeah. I have a faster trust rate. I have less proclivity around price pressure and concessions. I have more referability. And the thing that people need to understand is that the reason emotional connection is so important is because you're able to, out of the population of borrowers that you have a chance to impact in any given year, take that conversion from maybe one out of four to two out of four to three out of four without talking to more people. Right. And when you do that and you do it because of high trust and you do it because of the empathy and emotional connection, then all of that happens faster. And here's what's interesting for everybody to know, and it's, a, it's more of a clinic than it would be just an, an answer to a question, but there's only two things that are happening in a conversation. One is feeling trust, the other is experiencing tension. And so the goal of a high-performance mortgage broker that understands emotional connection is, I want to, as fast as possible, remove any tension. And when that tension is replaced by trust because of the questions I ask, the positioning of the long-term approach as a family, the potential that you were referred to me. So I did this with your friends and this is how we're gonna do it with you. And all of that, then tension evaporates. And when tension evaporates, people say yes faster. It's right. just beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. On that, so what are some of the things that you see? So the concept is great. It sounds really simple. You have to connect with people, but what are the mistakes that you see lenders, brokers, agents? What are they doing that they shouldn't be doing? What are they not doing that they should be doing? How do we break down some of those bad habits? Oh boy, yeah. So I think, you know, coming, coming right off the top of my head is we as an industry do far too much promotion. And the recipe for success is to turn down the promotion, turn up the emotion. That's it. So we replace promotion outward, public facing, 
um, bragging on reviews, you know, um, positioning on uh, service and how we are better than anybody and all of this kind of internal out, outside external kind of promotion and it's noise, especially now you'll understand this as a technologist, you, you understand that the digital world is just full of noise, right? Yeah. And so the, the, the issue is how do we replace promotion with emotion? You look at a website, 80% of a website is promotional and it should be obliterated. 20% of that website that might have emotional stuff in it, if it even exists, should be amplified. And so when we amplify emotion and we de-amplify promotion, we accelerate attraction. It doesn't mean you're not proud of how good you are. It doesn't mean how great your efficiency and, and workflows are. No, all of that is great, but listen, we're talking about people making the biggest decision of their life. They're buying the most expensive thing they've ever bought. They're taking on the biggest piece of debt they've ever taken on. You can't talk logically about that. You have to talk emotionally. And if you talk emotionally and you get into the family stuff, like, like between now and the time that you spend your first year in your home, what are some of the other things outside of just helping you buy the property that we can do to help you win in life? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I had a broker the other day that, that called me and, and he said, I asked this real estate agent, I, I, I sat down with her and I said, Betty, we've been doing business for 10 years together and we've done great, but we're, not, we're just scratching the surface. And she kind of looked at him and said, what do you mean? He said, I have never really, really asked you what is the most important thing to you as a real estate professional. I've just assumed that because I'm getting loans closed and you're referring borrowers that we're doing great. But going forward over the next two or three years, what's really critically important to you? She ended up disclosing that she had some trouble with her mom and dad and the way that they passed away and left the finances in kind of disarray and that the grandkids were, you know, kind of getting shortchanged on everything. And, and she wanted to make sure that her husband um, was able to, to build a cabin on the lakefront lot that they had. And, um, and so the mortgage broker said, so what is, what's it going to take? to make that happen. And she said, 800,000 paused per year. And the broker's going 800,000 pause per year. So what you're telling me is if we can help you earn an additional $800,000 a year as a real estate professional, you're going to be able to take care of your family finances. You're going to be able to make sure the grandchildren are taken care of. And it sounds like you're going to be able to make sure that your husband's able to build that beautiful cabin on the lakefront. And she started crying and she said, the most important is the last, because if he outlives me, I want him to have what I know he's wanted. So the broker just said, so what we should be about every day is making sure that we're helping you dollarize this dream. And the agent just said, wow, you know, and now you don't have to, you never have to sell anything again. Exactly. It's just here. It's in the heart and it's going to stay there. Absolutely. That's that inherent trust. And it is just taking the time to make people feel heard and seen. I, I just did an interview recently with um, a couple of our lender sponsors, and we were talking about a completely separate topic, but one of the things that came up in, in thinking through diversity and inclusion and how do you make people within your own culture feel like they're a part of the conversation, and it all comes back to, did you ask them what matters to them? Whether it's your team, your referral partner, your borrowers, mm -hmm. 
what is the most important thing for them to feel comfortable and feel confident and feel like they are a part of the conversation. They're not being talked at, they're being talked with, right? It's, it's something that they're a part of. Um, and, and everything that you're describing is that. It's this ability to build trust. And how do you break that down? And how do you live that day in and day out to make sure that every person that you're engaging with and interacting with trust who you are and believes what you're doing so you don't have to sell, right? I mean, that's the ultimate goal for a salesperson to not have to sell, right? It's just an inherent trust that's built into your conversation. I think people need to understand what you just said. Um, if you turn down the promotion, you're simultaneously turning down the pitch. Right. And and people always feel when they're being sold. Exactly. And, and, and people put up a, a barrier when they feel they're being sold. And what I found is that so many brokers grew up just understanding my job is to do loans and to win the business. And we do it in ways that don't accelerate long-term buy-in, conversion right now, loyalty. And the biggest shift that's happening, Katie, in the, in the lending world around most countries, uh, not just America, is the whole way in which buyers are being brought to lenders is changing. You know, mm -hmm. The way we used to go to agents or builders and then the referrals would come in, the digital stuff is now happening in advance. And so we have got to have people. Somebody told me when I was four months in the business, every person you help finance real estate, if you do it right, they're going to become part of your sales team. And I said, Tell me more, John. He said, if, if you take care of a borrower, the borrower will take care of you. And I just started looking at that and I started thinking, if I close a hundred loans and more importantly, help a hundred families make an incredibly important decision safely and comfortably, then I have a hundred people that are gonna tell somebody about how cool and how beautiful and how safe my process of buying a home felt. Yep. When I have 200, and I understand that, then I have 400. So we have to realize that the best way and the big motive for having a, a relationship is, is customer share. It's yep. like, if, if we do this right the first time, I don't ever have to worry about helping you again because we're gonna have relationships. Absolutely. And that's why this is such a critical concept. And everything happens faster when trust is there. It's that. And I think that's that's the part. There's a this interesting battle happening, I think, in, in the mortgage industry in general, not necessarily specific to the broker channel, but just our entire space is trying. We're struggling with efficiency versus it's productivity versus relationship. How do you create as much efficiency as possible, but still have something personal and not automate out the person? And I think we've got a lot of big movers and shakers in our space that are trying to put everything on an assembly line. And anytime a person steps off or shifts away, the process no longer works for them, or they feel like they're just another number in the line because they're trying to get so efficient and they're investing so much in their automation but we have to find a balance between the two, right? If we're going to have those long-term, that long-term sustainability, especially for brokers that are typically those that are ingrained in their communities that are now trying to balance that with more productivity and efficiency through technology opportunities that haven't been here before, how do you do that without losing 
the person. So I, we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to hear from you on that specifically, Todd. How do we create, how do brokers make sure they're finding the balance where they're not losing opportunities to scale their business, but they're also not losing the heart of the, the relationship, that relationship over transaction concept that we've been talking about this whole time? Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind real quickly. I'm an efficiency junkie. I mean, I wrote a New York Times bestselling book on on time management and what it really looks like. And one of the goals that we have through our coaching company is to literally help mortgage professionals accelerate what they make per hour, not by wanting to make more per hour, but by getting more efficient with what they do every hour. And the one thing that we know is that if we create over automation without empathy and emotion, the automation doesn't work as effectively. I'll right. give you an example. So like we could have five email templates that hit loan submitted, you know, appraisal in, um, loan approved, docs out, funded. That could all be automated in an email, right? Yep. If we embed in the email a video that says the same thing, our open rates go up, our trust accelerates, and then obviously the influenceability and referability happen. Yep. So I'm going to go into my studio or I'm going to hire a videographer and I'm going to outline whatever the touch points or the milestones are that I want to acknowledge. If I understand thank yous, then I could send you a email thank you, or I could text you a text thank you, or I could record a video thank you and attach it to a text or an email. Video rules a day. And even now, you know, with real estate prices going up and, and inventory being low and, you know, th those come and go and they shift. It's like we have people that are helping agents win offers by packaging pre-approval in video format. And instead of just putting a pre-approved document out or a pre-approval letter. They take it all the way to video and win the conversation. Yeah. Um, and when we think about, you got to have automation. You got to have that, right? Because that creates fluidness and consistency. It reduces drag. It improves the intentional customer experience. One position that any broker could have on their team that dollarizes like that is a client concierge manager. Somebody that is in the middle. My first person was a transaction coordinator. She was, her role was to keep the process personal. Even though we had automation, keep the process personal. Yep. So it's like, you know, physicians don't spend all day long trying to come up with a process. You know, physicians know that I'm supposed to ask some really important questions, find out some really important needs and make a recommendation. And I can be surrounded by a team that helps me execute that. And I think we're missing the point in terms of automation. Automation is great, but automation void of emotion is simply automation. Exactly. Automation is there to strip out the things that are not relevant, that aren't good uses of time. And building relationships and connecting with people is the most effective use of time that you could possibly have. So if you're breaking your process down and focusing on productivity, you can't forget to inject your personality back into that process, right? It's great to understand and to say, all right, I can get rid of 
this 15 minutes, I can get rid of that 30 minutes, but the 30 seconds it takes to record a Loom video explaining to somebody what document, what's included in the document you just attached or to send a thank you if somebody sends you a referral, it is the best use of your time because it's going to lead to that increased level of trust when the conversation starts. Yeah, and the concept really, um, just I know we're, we're running out of time, but it's called one-timing. And what one-timing is, is I'm going to do something one time that I can use over time. And not that I'm going to automate a, you can't automate a personal video. Right. But what you can do is you can have a beautiful video that answers the top 10 questions that borrowers ask. Mm -hmm. And you can produce that. And now whatever time it would normally take for you to answer those 10 questions, you've not only done it one time, it's done in 4K, it's beautiful, and it's easy for them on their time to answer the questions because they can play that. That's one exactly. time. And it's so powerful. So powerful. Oh, man. Aunt Todd, we could we could keep going for a couple more hours. Honestly, <laughs> if we had the time, this has been great. We will absolutely have to have you back. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. I'm glad we're finally able to connect. There's one last thing that you could leave our audience with. The, the floor is yours. Um, yeah, I, I would say right now that um, the one thing I want to leave you with is um, make a decision. You can either do transactions or you can build relationships. Transactions can make you a living. Relationships can make you a fortune. I made a decision at the age of 23 that I would focus on building relationships. And I have relationships today that are 30 years old from that decision then that are still flourishing, that are our best friendships. And one of those relationships just a year ago, because we have been connected, introduced me to a company that has over 500,000 employees. I wasn't looking for that. I yep. was looking for a relationship and out of relationship came an introduction. You, 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 you can do both, Yeah. but transactions, you're always looking for the next deal. Relationships always produce the next deal. And at the end of the day, we're helping families win. Exactly. That is that is the name of the game right there. At the end of the day, we're helping our communities grow. We're yeah. helping families win. Yeah. That's man, love it. All right, we got it. We got to bounce. I'm hearing it in the background. We got to wrap up. Todd, thank <laughs> you so much. We really appreciate it. If any of y'all have any questions, please feel free. Drop them in the comments. We'll get them over to Todd. We'll definitely find a way to get him back sooner rather than later. Next time, our schedules will hopefully align a little bit easier than they did this time. Um, we will see you all back soon for the next AIM Live. Uh, if you have not bought your Fuse ticket, make sure that you get it. There are not as many left as you think that there are. Uh, we're running out very quickly for both the WMN Summit and our general admission. Uh, I'm gonna try and convince Todd to get out there. We'll keep you posted on whether I'm successful or not, but definitely get that Fuse ticket if you haven't. Todd, again, thank you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Katie, I appreciate it. Good luck.